Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Uh, Dear Lord, we are just incredibly grateful and humbled to come before you in your presence here this morning, Lord. I ask that you be with everyone who is here, everyone who's watching online, and everyone who couldn't be here, Lord. We pray for Pastor Jeff and his family as they travel, and we pray for everyone, you know, anywhere with whatever it was that kept them from being here. Lord, we ask that you are with them, and we ask that they are with you. We thank you so much, we ask that you open hearts and minds to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so what are we going to talk about today? One of my favorite subjects, the Imago Day. And you might find yourself asking, well, what's the Imago Day? Or you're probably like, you can kind of make out from Imago Day what it means. It's Latin for the image of God. Day is the root for deity and Imago, image, the image of God. And the Bible tells us that we are all made in the image of God. And so we have to sort of decipher this um, this terminology in the in the scripture with where it comes from to get to what exactly it is that we were made in. What exactly does it mean to be made in God's image? In the image of God, it means be made in similarity to, in likeness to. That was the definition that I had found when I was doing my research in similarity to, in likeness to, which I think is a really helpful way to look at this phrase because in the image of God, it's so like, okay, that's like big, that's like huge, but being made in similarity to, in likeness to, it helps to simplify it down just a little bit. So where do we get this from? Where do we get this term from? Well, it comes from Genesis, really early on. Genesis chapter one, verse 26 and 27, we see. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So there's two things to look at here. Talks about how we were, we were made in the image of God, you know, in the image of let us make man in our image. And then the second thing to look at here is this idea of dominion, because these two come together so perfectly together to depict what it means to be a person made in the image of God. And a little side note that I just find really interesting when I read this, you'll notice it says, let us make man in our image. Depending on who you talk to, you get different ideas of what this means, this plural. If you talk to Jewish scholars, they say that God is talking to the angels. If you talk to Christian scholars, they say God is talking to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. This is where we get a lot of the the idea behind the triune God, because here he is God at the beginning saying, let us make man in our image. This is one of the things that we as Christians look to, to see that Jesus and the Holy Spirit were there at the beginning. Let us make man in our image image. So we look at this idea of dominion and being made in the image of God. So what is dominion? I've heard a lot of people really warp this idea of what it means when God tells us that we have dominion over the earth. I've heard a lot of people talk about this idea that it means that Christians can do whatever they want. 
Um, I had a friend of mine in college who he believed that because we have dominion over the earth, that the earth is ours to use, abuse, and destroy however we see fit because God gave it to us to have dominion and to do whatever we want to do. But then I look at the first part of this verse and it says that we are made in the image of God. And I wonder, is that what God would do? Would God use, abuse, and destroy his creation? And my thought with that is immediately, no. Because we live in an earth in which God is sovereign and he has put us in a position of being dominion to be caretakers over the earth that he reigns over. We're to care for the earth. And that's one of the things that it means to be made in the image of God is to act as God would act. And then the other thing with this, if we look at it, there's almost a three-tiered system. You've got God who made man in his image and put man in dominion over the earth. So if I look at the person to my left, if I look at the person to my right, if I look at the person in front of or behind me, they too are on that second-tiered system. They too were made in the image of God. And how would God feel about the way that we interact with those people? And that's what a lot of what we're going to talk about today is. Um, and I noticed it a lot, especially a lot of the, the ideas for this came to me over COVID and um, just seeing the way people treated one another and then reading this scripture and thinking about that person that someone is being mean to, whether it's online, whether it's in person, was made in the image of God. And that person that you're sitting next to, yeah, it might be your spouse and they bug you from time to time, but they were made in the image of God, I promise. Even though us husbands are really obnoxious sometimes, we were made in the image of God. Um, but one of the things I was thinking about, and this, this might get a little, little controversial and, you know, I apologize, but um, I want you to think about someone different from you. I want you to think about someone who looks different from you. This could be they dress differently. This could be maybe they have piercings or a tattoo. This could be someone who's racially different from you. I want you to think about that person and remember that that person was made in the image of God. Now, this is the controversial part. You might find yourself and you might be sitting there thinking, I am the most conservative of conservatives. And you know what? My life's purpose is to own the libs. And then you might also be sitting there and being like, you know, I am the most liberal of liberals. And man, those conservatives just don't know what they're talking about. That person was made in the image of God because God is above all of our politics that we put so much of our image into. That person was made in the image of God. It doesn't matter if that person voted differently from you. That person is made in the image of God. And then the last one I want you to think about is someone who lives life differently from you. This could be someone who's not a Christian. This could be someone who makes mistakes. This could be someone who's an addict and can't get over it. This could be someone who is just mean and has no problem being mean. That person was made in the image of God. And a lot of these, it's really hard to sort of grasp, like, really, I have to be nice to that person? But that person was made in the image of God. And we'll get to a little bit later on how, you know, a lot of the ways that I look at it is a mirror. And we were born to reflect back God's image. And I had a Bible study in college, and we talked about how we wanted to wear God on our sleeves. 
And the idea was that when we walked around, anytime someone saw our sleeve, they knew that we were Christians because we wore God on our sleeves. That's a lot of what the image of God, the Imago Dei is, that we reflect back God's image. We are a mirror. When someone looks at us, they see the image of God reflecting back at them. But I want you to think about it. It's a nice cold day out today, right? So we got what, like six feet of snow. This is Vermont. So, you know, just piled on really. It was like, what, two inches. Um, but, you know, it's a nice cold Vermont day. We got like two feet of snow and you just you go out and shovel. You're shoveling for like two hours because we've all got like mile long driveways, except for me. Mine's really short, but I delivered a lot of mail and there were a lot of long driveways. And uh, so you've got really long driveway. You're out there for two hours and you come in after all that and you're just, you're hot, you're sweaty, but it's cold because it's cold outside. Your family's there, your dog's jumping up and she's a Sheltie and really loud. And you're thinking to yourself, man, there is one thing I want right now. And that is a nice hot shower. So you go in, you hop in, you take a nice hot shower, you get out and you know, we're all a little conceited from time to time. So you see the mirror and you're kind of like, oh, I wonder how I look today. And you can't see anything because it's foggy. That's how a lot of us are. Our mirrors are foggy. We're not reflecting back God's image. So what do we do? We take our hand, we wipe it. We take a washcloth, we wipe it. We start to clear it up. We start to see the image reflecting back a little bit clearer and a little bit clearer, but it's not perfectly clear. You might've missed a little bit of fog in the corner. Maybe I know for me, a lot of times you wipe it down and there's just water droplets all over it, but we're starting to get there. We're starting to see that reflection facing back at us where we can come in and we can see it and be like, all right, I'm starting to see the reflection back. That's what we are as people. We reflect the image of God, but so our image is fogged that when people see us, they can't see the image of God that we're supposed to be reflecting back. And as someone who didn't really grow up in the church, as someone who grew up in a nominally Christian home, you know, we went on Christmas and Easter every now and then, I've engaged with a lot of non-Christians. My friends all growing up, none of them were Christians. Um, but one thing I can tell you, and I always, this blew my mind. A lot of times, non-Christians know more about Christianity than Christians do. <laughs> and you'll find if you try to be like, you know, go up, try to talk to someone and you're like trying to like squeak by with like, you know, you're like, oh yeah, I know what I'm talking about. They're like, oh, well, where, where did you get that from? Because actually in this scripture, it says this. And because they've had people come up to them so many times, they do their research. So that way they can answer things when they're asked of things. So a Christ, non-Christian knows what the Imago Dei is. They, a non-Christian knows that Christians believe that we are made in the image of God. And so a non-Christian looks at us and looks at the way that we're acting and says, wait a minute, that's the image of God? I don't, I don't know if that's a God I want to follow, if that's what God looks like. I had probably one of the saddest things that I ever heard. I was a youth pastor. And we had, it was like the, the most exciting night. The best night for youth night is when people bring friends. And it's like our youth group of like seven kids all of a sudden has like 15. And it's like, oh, let's go. We're going to have fun tonight. And um, so we had, they brought friends. We're even, the sermon for that night was on evangelism. I was like, this is perfect. They brought friends. We're talking about evangelism and reaching people. This is going to be great. And then they never came back. And so I asked the person who brought them, I was like, oh, why didn't they come back? And they had said that, oh, well, um, they liked it and they had fun, but they're not Republicans, so they don't fit in. So they don't belong in church because they're not Republicans. That's what these people felt because when they went to youth group, they felt, it's actually one of the reasons I always had the rule, no politics at youth group, because they felt that God was Republican. And because they weren't Republicans, they didn't belong at youth group. And my heart broke 
when I heard that. And it's become something that really stuck with me is finding a way to reach people in a way where we aren't so divisive. And I think one of the ways is to look at what is God's image. And that's what we should be reflecting back. You know, a lot of times we throw all of us, you know, we can be our things that we are. You can be a Republican, you can be a liberal, you can be a Democrat, you can be all of these things. But are we mixing that with God's image? Or is that us and then God's image? So sort of bounced around a little bit. My notes are sort of all over the place now. So I'm just kind of going to go with it and see where this goes. So I do have one more song that I want to show you guys. And I figured I'd warn you once again, because as I said, I like hip hop. And but this one, I just want you to read the words because it all relates to this. And this is actually one of the things that I had first heard this song shortly after I became a Christian. And uh, it really spoke to me and who I wanted to be and how I wanted to live. And um, one of the things when I when I first became a Christian and music's always been a big part of me, um, you know, growing up, I'd be in my room, you know, playing video games and listen to music. There's always music playing. I'd be doing homework, listening to music in my dorm room. I'd get back from class. Boom. I'd put on music. And um, I listened to a lot of System of a Down, Eminem, um, trying to think it's been so long. I can't remember half the bands I used to listen to. But Linkin Park. Um, so a bunch of, you know, bands that I used to listen to. And, um, you know, when I first became a Christian, I was like, all right, I need to, you know, at least for now, push these out of my life because I need to get stuff where I'm hearing good things. I'm, you know, I'd, I'd read some research about when we're sleeping, we actually really internalize the words that we're hearing. And so, you know, if I was like, all right, when I'm awake, I'm a Christian, but if I'm sleeping, I'm listening to like horrible lyrics, it's going to seep into my head while I'm sleeping because my brain's still working. And so I was like, all right, I need to change my music. And so people had, you know, reached out and be like, oh, you got, they gave me a bunch of music and it was Chris Tomlin, Hillsong United, you know, all these great music. And I, I love, you know, Hillsong Casting Crowns. I love all that. But there was always a part of me that I was like, I miss my hip hop. And I finally had someone who reached out to me and was like, hey, you know, the Lecrae is really great. He does rap. KB does hip hop. NF sounds like Eminem, but he's a Christian and he doesn't swear. And he sings about, you know, his struggles with mental health and being a Christian and all that stuff. And, and so I was like, oh, this is really good. And I sort of adapted some of that into my sort of listening. And it was great to be able to have some of that. But it always made me wonder with, with evangelism and the way we reach out to people and how deep we go into sort of learning about someone. Because if someone asked me, you know, like, oh, you like music? Well, here's some music without asking me like, oh, what do you like? Let me let me help you with some of that. And so I just thought that that was, um, that was sort of just some of the stuff that I always thought with uh, the way that music was so important to me and to be able to find that as Christians, there's more genres to music than just sort of our traditional worship music. But uh, you can just sort of ignore this if you want, but it does apply to the rest of today's message. Tell the world, tell them. Tell them everywhere I go. Tell the world I want to know. I'm brand new. There's so much in that lyric that that is what we are called to do is tell the world that we're brand new. And how do we get there? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, has passed away. Behold, the new has come i just i love this song and what it it represents about who we are supposed to be 
as Christians. But I love the analogy that he uses, that he's a billboard. And I love this idea. I love this idea that we're all walking billboards. And I think, does, does Burlington have billboards? I think Burlington has billboards. No, Burlington doesn't. So imagine you're going to Boston. This is probably where I saw them. Um, you know, I drive through Boston when I go to visit my family on the Cape. And imagine you're driving through Boston and there's billboards everywhere. They're all trying to sell you something. They're all trying to tell you, you know, these are trying to sell you a product. They're trying to tell you something. They're trying to, you know, convince an athlete not to go to Tampa Bay. They're trying to, you know, there's all these things that billboards are trying to market to you. And all you have to do is, all you have to do is look at them. All you have to do is see them and they're there, what it is. You don't even need to necessarily engage with it. Just by driving by it, you know what the message is that the billboard is trying to tell you. And that's who we are as Christians. We're billboards. We're walking around and people see us as the walking billboards, the walking, for lack of a better way, marketing of Christ and of Jesus and God's kingdom. But the problem that we run into is, is our billboard a mirror that reflects back God's image for people to see God in all of his glory and wonder and want to look at that billboard and say, huh, I'm interested about that product and what it is that they're doing? Or do we, for our own personal gain, market out little bits of our billboard? You know, I got a lot of space here and you know, I got like half of it for God, but maybe over here in the bottom, I'm going to put, you know, something of my beliefs and maybe over here, I'm going to put something else or maybe there's a little bit of dirt on it. And, but don't worry, that's on, you know, it's on the God half. So that's fine. You know, we, we don't have to clean that up or anything, but our billboards, how much of it are we dividing up? How much are we trying to market other things? That way, when someone looks at our billboard, they're not seeing it as, oh, they're marketing this and they're marketing that and they're marketing another thing. But they look at it and say, oh, that's what God is. That's what it means to go to church. That's what it means to be a church member is to have that much God and have that much of these other things. Are we reflecting back God's image or are we reflecting back our own image of what we want God to be so that way he'll fit best into our lives? And this is where diving into the scriptures. This is where reading and understanding who God is and reflecting back his true image. It doesn't mean getting rid of the things that make us individuals as people, but it means getting to the core of who God is so that we, we can reflect back his image. And in this world that we have dominion over, we can take care of this world the way that God takes care of us that we can take care of this world the way God would take care of this world and we can take care of one another the way God takes care of us. That's the image of God. That's what being made in the image of God is. It's not meant to confuse non-Christians into not knowing who God is. It's not meant to create God into who we want it to be. We all reflect God's image. So as we go about the rest of our week, I want all of us, and I know I personally am someone who I have to do this regularly to clean my billboard, to think about what it is that I'm showing people who God is. And when I'm showing people things that aren't of God, that are just me and my personality, am I marketing it as who God is or who I am? Am I able to separate my 
personal self from the billboard in the image of God. It's something I think it's so important for all of us to be able to recognize, to be able to, to wipe our mirrors, to clean our billboards. And so that way when people see us, they know who God is. I'll tell you right now, young people, and I can still say that because I'm still kind of young, they, they know who God is. And they don't want all that fluff and sass and all that stuff. They just want, there's a lot of studies that show young people just want the gospels. They just want to know what Jesus is about. Because there's so many things going on in the world. You think even this doesn't even necessarily apply to young people. It applies to everyone. There is so much stuff going on in today's world. Like between, you know, 1 o'clock today, the Pats play. And then probably be a game on at 4 o'clock. And I'll probably put it on. And then there'll be a game on at 8 o'clock. And I'll probably want to put that one on. But by then, my wife will be like, all right, that's enough football for one day. Um, and, uh, you know, there's all these different things. There's, you know, like for me, because I'm a super nerd, I'm like, I don't know, Tuesday, there's a new update for Call of Duty and, you know, Halo and all this stuff. And, you know, I'm like, I want to play some Xbox. And, you know, there's all these things. And how easy is it to forget about church, about God, about being a Christian in this world that's so crazy? And so we think as Christians, how hard it can be to sort of remember all those things. For everyone else, there's so many different distractions there that if they're going to make a commitment to going somewhere and to spending time somewhere and to being involved in a church, it needs to have value. It needs to add something to their lives. You know, I know when I was a youth pastor, a lot of times I was always told, make it more fun, make it more fun, make it exciting, make it all this stuff. My thought was always, no, make it theologically sound because I can't compete with football. I can't compete with video games. I can't compete with the movie theaters as far as entertainment goes. But where I can compete is with theologically sound doctrine in which we are growing people as Christians and as disciples. And so that's where I look at, I'm like, you know, I need to make sure I'm reflecting God's image back the best that I can be. I'm constantly cleaning my mirror, cleaning my billboard because of the fact that I need to make sure when people look at me, they think that's something that I want to dedicate my time towards because we only live once. You know, I feel like I did this last time I preached also where I was like, you know, life flies by and especially for a non-Christian and someone who's not focused on building a relationship with Christ, they're not looking to add things to their lives when they're like, YOLO, I got to be have fun and do everything that I can. But if that something has value, then that's something that they'll add. And then we start to see lives change. This is a complete tangent and not at all what I prepared to talk about. But hey, you know what? Sometimes God takes it away and let's go. So with that, as we bring about to the end, I do uh, just want to um, sort of sum up, you know, close everything up with, um, it is just so important in dealing with everyone, not just young people, but with people of all generations, that we reach them and engage with them with the image that God made us in and that we recognize that that person, no matter how different they are, is someone in God's image. That person might be someone who doesn't care at all about God and they don't want anything about Christianity and this Jesus fella in their lives. But just because they've rejected God does not mean that they were not made in God's image and does not mean that God care, doesn't care about them and that God is not hurt by the fact that they don't want to know him. And all we have to do is help them to clean their mirrors, clean their billboards, help them to show that underneath all of that, 
the image of God is right there. And I truly think the best way that we can go about doing that is to show people what it looks like to live with mirrors that reflect back the image of God. Dear Lord, thank you so much for, for this message, this, this idea of the image of God, Lord. It's just, I know for me personally, it's something that sits on my heart so much, Lord, and I know that it can only be there because you put it there. I know that that, that, that that pull to knowing what it means to look like you, Lord, can only be there because you put it there. And I just ask that you open all of our hearts and all of our minds to, to learn and grow and to understand what it means to live more like you, what it means to live in similarity to you and likeness to you, Lord. I thank you so much for every single person here. And Lord, I just thank you that when I look out at all these faces, I see you. I see you in everyone, Lord. I thank you so much for all that, Lord. Be with everyone here as they go throughout the rest of their week. Be with them, guide them, and help them to know you more. Help them to love you more. Even, even those who know you so much and have known you their whole lives and they know you so deeply, Lord, help them to know you even more. We thank you so much for everything that you do for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org, as well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services, as well as other content. Have a great day.